Welcome to I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast sponsored by Cater.com and the Savoy Educational Trust and hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH. Today we're talking about future innovation and joining me to pull this subject apart we have Maria Lopez-Casado, AIH, Andrew DeSora, MIH and James McComas, FIH. As always, a huge thank you to all three of them for giving up their time and opinion. So to find out if innovation is always a good thing, let's get stuck in. Hello and welcome to the next episode of I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH, and sponsored by the Caterer.com and the Savoy Educational Trust. Today, I am, of course, once again joined by three wonderful humans from within the IOH membership who are all very kindly giving up their time to chat to us today. So, first up, and from within the fellowship, we have James McComas, General Manager of the rather stunning Eastwell Manor in Kent. James, welcome. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very busy and delightfully soggy because it's raining in Kent now. Oh, goodness gracious me. Yeah, well, we've had a a bit of a heat wave, haven't we? So I I suppose we should be grateful for the rain. Well, yeah, the lawns are going to start looking green again. That's my hope. Yeah, absolutely. So are you recording from Eastwell Manor today? Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm in my office at the moment. Fantastic. We've got a wedding going on downstairs. It's nice and busy, even though it's a Tuesday. So no complaints from me. Fantastic. I don't think I've ever heard anybody get married on a Tuesday. <laughs> they get married every day of the week now. It's it's both brilliant and painful. Yeah. <laughs> so just tell us a, a little bit about Eastwell Manor for those of uh, us out there who don't know too much about it. Sure. So, so Eastwell Manor is part of the Champneys brand. So Champneys came and took Eastwell on board five and a half years ago now. It is a or the, or the core of the property is a 16th century manor house uh, that has been standing here in a couple of different guises over the centuries. Um, it's interwoven with various members of the royal family, in particular, wow. uh, Queen Victoria's son, Alfred, owned it for a little while. And he, uh, his daughter, rather, was born here, who went on to become the Queen of Romania. Uh, so it is uh, it's weaved in and out of loads of really interesting history. We've got 75 bedrooms uh, dotted around a place. We're on, on the middle of 60 acres. And we have the iconic Champneys um, spa here as well. So we're very much a leisure destination. Uh, yeah. we, we deal uh, very heavily in transient leisure and spa leisure, as well as weddings, private events, birthdays as i was referring to earlier so we're a busy property since coming out of the pandemic since coming out of covid you know we've been lucky enough to benefit from that staycation boom and, sure yeah and uh, the levels of business that, that that entailed not to say that that wasn't without the significant challenges which we're all facing yeah 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 no absolutely and i really must come and pay you a visit you um, you must absolutely. yeah uh, we're only but, uh, 25 minutes out of London, so there's not really any excuse. No, beg your pardon. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Thank you very much for, for joining us today. Absolutely. So next, within the MIH ranks, and I think you're quite a, a recent addition to the MIH ranks, if I'm correct, we've got Andrew DeSora, the food and beverage manager at yet another beautiful property, 
South Lodge in Sussex. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you very much. Yeah, just slightly further around the coast to uh, to James in West Sussex. Yeah, so Ed, um, t- just tell the world what you do and what you get up to there. So I'm food and beverage manager here at South Lodge uh, as part of the exclusive collection. So we've got six hotels in the south of England. Uh, south Lodge has got 88, bo- uh, 88 bedrooms. Uh, it's a spa resort, so very much leisure uh, all through August. But yeah, we've weddings galore and then the corporates all come back in September. So busy all year round, but very relaxing and yes, a beautiful place to work. Yeah, absolutely, and congratulations on on your your promotion in inverted commas to the uh, the MIH ranks. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I was AIH for for a while. Uh, spent uh, did a lot of time with the aspiring in hospitality, which I'm still a still a member of, and recently, yeah, promoted to MIH, which is which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And I, again, equally, I have yet to pay a visit to South Lodge. So I'm, I'm, I'm slapping myself on the rest here. There's too many properties I haven't been to. But there we are. All in good time. All in good time. Well, you're very, very welcome as well. Thank you very much for, 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 for chipping in. And last, but definitely by no means least, we have the legend that is Maria Lopez Casado, who is Events Administrator at the IOH itself. Maria, welcome to the show. Hi, Phil. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, very, very good indeed. Where are you uh, recording this from today? Uh, from my house in London. It's London. Excellent. Got you. So, uh, yeah, if maybe uh, actually before we get into this, there's a couple of things I want to make very clear around Maria. Maria was a last minute fill in and literally about well, less than 24 hours ago said yes that she, she would do this. So a massive thank you to, to you for, for coming in at the very last minute. Uh, it's much appreciated. And also, I believe that you are the first ever apprentice to walk through the IOH's doors. Is that right? Yes, I am. So I'm my position is the events administrator, as you said before. And I yeah. joined the institute last October. Um, I'm doing the apprenticeship, the events assistant level three. Uh, I also have a bachelor degree in marketing. And I have always worked in the hospitality industry. Very different jobs, but all of them in the hospitality industry. Yeah, absolutely. And we're actually fresh from one of your events last night. Yeah, in yeah. fact, well, <laughs> I'm not sure I'd use the word fresh, actually. But um, <laughs> anyway, it was it was a very good event. And uh, yeah, well, you're very welcome. And uh, mm-hmm. and thanks again for for filling in at the last minute. So um, I'll just come back to you, James. Why did you say I'm in? to the Institute of Hospitality in the first place? In the first place. So I, I first uh, got involved with the Institute straight out of university. Um, I went to the University of Surrey and it must have been 2007, 2008. Okay. When I think the Institute at that point actually was still the HCIMA. And it was all about the, it was all about the networking for me, uh, all about the ability to connect with peers and the people who I was um, looking up to at the time, you know, in the industry, I'd come through some work experience and come through my degree looking, looking for a bit of direction and and taking inspiration from from some of the, the hoteliers around at the time. And the, the ATMIMA slash Institute at the time seemed like a great opportunity there to start, start developing a network. And since then, it's really been 
all about the, the the development opportunities, whether that's little courses, the e-learnings, you know, things like that, or, or more recently, I didn't attend last night's Above and Beyond, but you know the ones, but the ones before that, I was I was able to attend, and it's really about really about those opportunities to develop, and ultimately, fundamentally, reminding yourself that you're part of something so much bigger than your own role or even your own property in in hospitality yeah um, you know and and um yeah i i love it i like that i like the the concept and thought of actually you know we are all part of something way bigger than ourselves here and there's definitely to me it feels like there is a lot more unity around the industry now than there ever has been 100 percent. The, the collaboration and the camaraderie around the industry is I, mean, I think it's always been pretty good and pretty strong at least for, as far as my career has been concerned but you know the last few years it's just come on leaps and bounds and um it's uh it's so engaging to be able or to know that you can reach out to somebody who you you really you you may never have met but you know you've got a shared interest you know you've got a shared passion yeah, and and being able to connect there, whether it's asking a, a simple question in what is ultimately going to be you know a ten minute you know back and forth, or to to start a, a you know a, a more beneficial mutual relationship that might see you through different roles and different properties, etc. It's yeah, uh, it's cracking. Fantastic, great stuff. And then same question to you, Andrew. Why did you say I'm in? So I actually got gifted a year's year's membership through the Masters and Holders Aspiring Leaders Diploma a few years ago, um, okay. and ever since then I've I've stayed connected. I uh, straight away when Aspiring in Hospitality was was looking for for members to start that up, I I jumped straight in. Um, I initially joined because I wanted to, as well as being gifted, I wanted to connect with the with the industry leaders and now I'm hoping to do the same for, for future talent coming, coming through and connect them with, with industry leaders and help them and support them, create a, create a career for themselves. Uh, but I think that's, yeah. I think that's one of the great things about the industry is it brings so many people together and it really does create a platform for people to build on their networks, build on their skill set as well. Uh, so that's why I'm still, still saying i'm in good man and i like that as well because it's uh it feels like it's almost a full circle thing the the reasons why you joined you're now facilitating new members to do much the same thing yeah definitely so i think if you speak to a lot of people everybody's been connected to the industry uh the institute for for a long time um some involved quite heavily for a few years and then other commitments arise, but then always come back into it. And I think that's what's nice is hospitality is forever changing um, and everybody's got their stories to tell and and advice to give, which is great because it can just pass down um, onto, the next, onto the next talent coming through. Yeah, excellent. And then uh, finally, Maria, uh, why did you say I'm in? I suppose you kind of didn't have much choice. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, I think um, the hospitality promotes, the Institute of Hospitality promotes hospitality in a, in a beautiful way. So we help uh, and try to um, involve people from different ages and from different uh, cultures and backgrounds. 
and we give people um, the possibility to enter the hospitality industry and to become a, a better uh, version of, of themselves. And in my opinion, one of the things that I like the most is the huge networking connection that uh, we have, as uh, Andrew and um, James were were mentioned before. So uh, we have members all over the world, so I can meet a lot of people and I can learn from from those in the know. And also, um, I honestly have a lot of fun during our events, especially uh, the live one. And we have um, really nice places, like, for example, yesterday. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And if I am, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that yesterday's event was driven by you was that your first event at the helm yes exactly it was yes <laughs> you're right excellent well congratulations on that it was a, a great event you guys missed a hell of an event but anyway i've seen uh, the photos it looked fantastic yeah just uh well let that be a lesson to you there we are but i, I don't know if you'd have been able to get out of kent anyway james would you with the uh, the traffic there but anyway that's for a different time <laughs> No, that's great. Thank you so much to to you all for for that. Um, So I think it's time we we got stuck into today's topic. And today we're talking about future innovation. So my opening statement today is quite simply this. Is innovation always a good thing? And uh, we're not going to answer that question now. We're just going to kind of debate that a little bit and just uh, go a little bit to and froing. So um, before we get into kind of the, the nuts and bolts of this, um, again, I'll come back to you, James. What does innovation within hospitality mean to you? Well, innovation within hospitality, I think if we're going to take it down to nuts and bolts, innovation in hospitality is the same as innovation wherever you are. It's about trying to, trying to observe the things you do or, uh, or your situations or your product or, or whatever it is from a different um from a different point of view and then make changes hopefully for the better hopefully to develop and advance you know your offering or your service or your product or or whatever it might be for the the betterment of the end user whether that's your guest whether it's your customer whether it's your team member you know if we're going to take it right down to nuts and bolts innovation should be roughly the, the same concept whichever way you look yeah Absolutely. Um, no, that's a that's a fair point. I mean, I think the thing a, a, about innovation is is that it, it comes in many forms, right? And, and and the simplest of things can be innovative. It doesn't always have to be this monumental, complicated thing that's going to you know cost X Y Z thousand pounds or whatever. Absolutely. But it is a, as you say, you've got to kind of keep this approach to your business, whereby you kind of you you want to continue to innovate but not just for the sake of it. A hundred percent. I think the, the, the point you just made about it not having to be this big, enormous, you know, scary thing, so to speak, is um, it, it's a great point. And one of the kind of points to remember linking to that is that innovation can come from anybody in any role within the organisation or, or property. You know? Yeah, um, absolutely. It, it is down to the real simple things often which have the most profound changes especially when you're talking about you know team level um kind of processes and that sort of stuff yeah absolutely and from your 
perspective as well, because you, you're obviously the custodian of uh, quite a, an old building. Mm. So to to keep, how do you innovate within such a an old building? Make the make make the challenge the focus of the thought process, rather than going into a, a scenario or going into a property. I, I joined the team here two and a half, nearly two and a half years ago. Um, that was good timing. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. Um, you know, and r- rather than joining the team and saying, okay, it's time to make change. What can I change? You know, what you to look at a specific problem, identify the weakness or identify the, um, the challenge and then look for the answers. People all too often go into properties or go into roles wanting to make an impact. And because they want to make an impact, they want to change something. And because they change something, they just change something they can change. That's right. not innovating. Yeah. That's not necessarily improving. That's just, at best case, it's just changing things with minimal with minimal result. In worst case, you're just going into a business and throwing grenades around. Yeah, um, yeah, which is counterproductive to say the least. Yeah. Um, so take a take take a particular problem. In, in my case, I try to come in, sit down with the sit down with the HODs and say, "What's the biggest problem you're facing?" You know, in your operation, we take that one thing and and then you start dissecting it and looking at everything from from different angles and different point of views, and you start asking what ifs, you know, and, and what if we didn't do this or what if we did do that? What if we put this here instead of putting it there and Innovation is a result, not a not an ingredient. That's not yeah. that's not the right term, but hopefully you know what I mean. No, no, no. I I, I get it. You were so close to getting a quote on a T-shirt there as well with uh, no. with that. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, that, that that's that's really cool. And and Andrew, what does uh, what does innovation within hospitality mean to you? I think the best thing, and also partly the worst thing about hospitality is it's forever changing. Um, it can just be so true, yeah. It can just be simple things such as service styles. I mean, if you go back what 10, 15 years, everybody was silver serving. Uh, trolleys were being wheeled around restaurants, and there's still a few restaurants and institutions which which do that. But it's completely changed now. Um, people are taking orders at tables on on tablets, and people are approaching things differently service is a lot more engaging instead of uh that rigid style that it was a few years ago um so it's all about keeping up with the change really yeah so is that then i suppose it begs the question if that sounds like it's it's about i suppose responding to consumer trends and desires and wants and all of these things that you know that's ultimately why our businesses are here right is to make sure that the people that walk through the the doors have the best experience possible. But to what extent then do you have to flip that on its head? Because to innovate is to kind of almost foresee and to look ahead and go, right, well, this trend is leading to this dimension. So have we then thought about X, Y, Z on top of that? Um, Is that what real innovation is, do we think? Yeah, definitely so. I think you've got to be ahead of the curve but anything can pop up at any one time so you've got to be looking forward but also looking at now 
speaking to people, reading articles, uh, watching or listening to podcasts or watching watching videos and and finding out what's what do people want now um, because that's what you want. Uh, you want rooms filled today. You want bookings in your restaurants or your or your your pubs. Like so, it's all about looking forward um, and seeing what might come. But you've really got to to look at now uh, first and foremost. Yeah, I like that. That's a a, a very strong concept because I suppose in the pursuit of looking forward, you run the risk of forgetting about now. And actually, now is all there is. Well, hundred percent. If you look pre pre pandemic, um, everybody is probably planning for their for their September trade, their October trade, or even Christmas, and then suddenly March comes along and everybody's just got to stop. So you never know uh, which sort of which curveball is going to come next, um, especially with obviously the rising rising costs and uh, different different travel measures. Yeah. Absolutely. And then over to you, Maria, what does innovation within hospitality mean to you? Because I suppose you, we're, we've obviously heard from from James and Andrew who come at it from an operator's perspective. You're within the IOH itself. So what, what does innovation mean to you in, in amongst all that? Well, I agree with um, James and Andrew. And I think um, innovation is about making the customer experience better. And, and easier. But I think it's also about making the employees' work life, so our work, our work life easier. And I think the aim of the innovation should be to um, offer a better product or service to the customers. And I totally agree with Andrew. Uh, it's about uh, keeping update with the current situation and reinventing ourselves and constantly review the, the changes, you know, because... The things that are working now, it does, maybe they are not going to work next year or even the mo- next month. So we need to keep updated with the situation. Yeah, absolutely. That's, if you don't, if you're, I suppose it's, if part of you is not devoted to innovation in some way, then you, you also run the risk of just getting left behind. I suppose that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like, for example, if something is if you have a strategy in place and it's working now, it doesn't mean it's going to work in, in the future because uh, I mean we have seen with the uh, lockdown and the pandemic and everything, maybe things strategies that we have in place before maybe they are not working anymore. So we need to reinvent ourselves and adapt to the um, current situations in society. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, what the IOH did through that pandemic was you know you could argue was very innovative because you responded to the time and. Uh, very quickly and um, you know and got a lot of stuff online very quickly which I think a lot of people found real value in um, at that time um, yeah yeah sorry Maria I think you were no, going to say yes, something um, yeah so for example another example that we um, we have currently in the institute so normally the members um, they can renew the membership every year so they can pay yearly right mm. but yeah. because of the Pro, the current problems that we have with the cost of living, we are going to try to adapt ourselves. And so we are going to allow the members to pay uh, every month instead of every year. So okay. then you need to uh, innovate and adapt your, uh, your strategies and your everything to the current situation. So that's an example, for example. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're definitely. I think over the last twelve months, the the IOH is definitely continuing to re reinvent itself and and continue to innovate, which is uh, very exciting indeed. And that's ultimately why we're sat here talking now, because the podcast is part of that innovation. So, um, yeah, you guys are a walking innovation. There we are. I'm not angling for a pay rise from Robert, by the way, when I say that. But, but anyway, great stuff. Back to you, James. Um, what innovations are you seeing within hospitality at the moment that you like the look of? Uh, that I like the look of? Um, well, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of innovation that we're seeing is not surprisingly tech-based. You know, and there's a lot which I think personally is is fantastic you know from the the relatively straightforward or or, um or or basic stuff you know the prolification of ordering via tablets or qr codes you know those kind of systems which are offering properties and businesses ways to enhance their guest service through, through challenges which have been around since well before covid yeah um you know, it, it's not. It's just taken taken COVID that that little bit to to give the. It was the launch we needed. Oomph. You know, there's a lot of um, a lot of stuff going on in terms of employee well being and the the different number of platforms now that you're you're seeing around and about for employee care and self care, which is great. You know, that was a um, a, a sector, I suppose, of the industry and, and the HR side, which was fairly tight before, you know, there weren't a huge number of players. That's getting broader and broader now as, as people develop different platforms and different focal points, which is which is great. You know, we're at Eastwell we're we're putting some time and some money into really getting up to a place where we can hopefully begin to leverage some of these innovations you know I, th- I think it's it's quite it's important to remember that just because all this innovation is going on around you doesn't mean you're necessarily in a place to take advantage of it yeah um and you know take the um the, the service call functions the qr code functions etc that's something six months after i started i i tried to 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 get implemented i thought it was it was going to be a great solution for us but the interfaceability of different PMSs and and stuff like that wasn't wasn't there, so we were held back. So we had to take a step back and look for different solutions and innovate at possibly a, a slightly lower level to enable us to get to a point now, eighteen months later, where we can begin to take advantage of that. So yeah, yeah, you know, there, there's stuff going on all all over the place and at all kinds of levels, you know, which is which is really great to see yeah that, i mean it sounds a little bit like it's a kind of phased innovation as yeah. opposed to you're just going full-on all out and end result yeah absolutely and um you know there was so much to, to take the the remote ordering example again you know that kind of burst onto the scene almost you know and, and suddenly everybody wanted it and everybody had to be able to do it because of the distancing and blah 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 yeah, but the reality is that that level of innovation spawned its own kind of sub innovation to take care of the people like us who who weren't who weren't ready yet to to make that step physically or, or capability wise. 
Yeah. So it's, it's easy to get distracted sometimes, I think, with, with the big and shiny yeah, uh, you know innovations. Yeah, well, that comes back to to Andrew's point, uh, I suppose, as well about you know always taking care of the here and now. Uh, keep pursuing the big and shiny, but don't let it get in the way. Yeah, for for sure. And yeah, actually, I'll I'll, I'll come straight to you, Andrew, because you you work for a, quite an innovative company uh, in the sense of um, we've had Danny on the the show before, and in terms of what you guys are. Are doing when it comes to to sustainability and uh, your B Corp status is obviously innovative in a hospitality sense because you were the first hotel company in the UK to achieve it. But what innovations are you are you seeing in your space that um, that excite you? Yeah, definitely. So I mean, yeah, as you said, recently recently awarded B Corp status, uh, but it was years in the years in the planning. Uh, to get there, it wasn't sort of an overnight fix. So, yeah, I mean, we're we're working, we're pushing, looking to push that on even further. Really, uh, looking at single-use plastics, we're looking at sort of what uh, products we've got behind the bars, what wines we're listing. Um, so, for instance, we're now buying wine direct from from vineyards in Sussex instead of them going from uh, the vineyard to depot to another depot in a big big van to then come into us so cutting out all those emissions we've gone completely dairy free as well in one of our restaurants uh, the spa restaurant here at south lodge uh, so we're looking at trends and and how we can really change that but but always tying it into sustainability as well um, and it's still busy uh, we've we've heard what the heard and seen what the people would like um, we haven't given anything up on the quality of it um, we've just changed our approach to things yeah and it also highlights that the innovation comes in so many different forms doesn't it because actually what you're talking about there if we take a, if we take the the vineyard perspective that you just told us about actually you could argue in a in a, a weird way that that's just a re- return to kind of basic thinking just in the sense of look, this thing's on our doorstep. Why do we need all of these extra phases which are not really adding any value? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, post the pandemic, we've always taken it back to sort of looking at the core values um, and really going from there. Everybody's looking at sort of what do people want um, and people do want that just great friendly service. And we've looked at that, we've adapted it uh, but then built on current trends and, and where they're heading. Uh, a lot more people are looking at calories on, obviously calories on a menu is, has now been forced by legislation. Um, however, we're now putting CO2 uh, counts as well in our banking menus because a lot of corporations are, are looking at that as well. But they still want the basics of, of great service, friendly service, a great uh, dish of food and a nice drink to go with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and Maria, what what innovations are you seeing within hospitality that that you like the look of at the moment? Well, I think we have a great example in the in the institute. So we have um, the strategy day, which we do every like kind of three or four months. So basically, it's a day when we all meet in person, all the IUH team, and we discuss. Um, about how, queen, how can we do things better and how can we uh, 
do the things in a new and better way. So, for example, um, we, we normally have uh, great outcomes. For example, we uh, decide about the design of our um, IOH calendar or we decide about the podcast, this podcast as well. Yeah. And it was last year. Um, the world's best podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Whether and or not Phil deserves the pay rise. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, um, the last, for example, last week um, we had this strategy day and we were talking about the, uh, our webinars, how can I improve them. Um, so I think it's a very productive day. It's like a brainstorming day when we all decide, we all speak um, and, you know, open our minds and we decide things together, which I think is very, very important as well. Yeah. In terms of membership, in terms of membership renewal, we are encouraging the, the members to, um, this is an example, of course, to renew the membership themselves instead of, for example, calling us because we have more than 14,000 members. So imagine if they all call us one by one to renew the membership, right? So we try to uh, motivate them to renew the, um, the membership on our website. Just log in on the profile. This is in terms of efficiency, obviously. Also, I think in terms of events, in terms of booking for the events, we do something very similar. So we try to motivate the people to book uh, the tickets on, on our website if they can. But then, for example, in the during the event, like for example yesterday, we like to keep the the human element. So for example, when we um, were doing the check-in for the guests, we do the check-in one by one and we hand them the personalized uh, name uh, budget because uh, we like to keep the human element, which I think is very important as well. Yeah. And I suppose that's the thing, especially for hospitality businesses, is that actually keeping the human contact whatever you're innovating in is yeah. certainly for me it's very very important but i suppose everybody's different right there are some people out there who actually don't want human interaction mm. when they come and stay in your property or they come and experience what you know they just want to be left alone and just get on with their life um and i, I kind of pick up on I had a, a, a chat with the other house i don't know if you're aware of this new concept in london and they're using tech that people can tap into as much or as little as they want to. And that's from the guest perspective. So you literally, uh, everything kind of happens on your phone before you even arrive. So that, to the point where you can you can get GPS tracked so that the hotel know how far away you are. Hmm. So that they can, they can then decide if you want to be greeted by a human or whether you want to do a self-check-in and all of these sorts of things. And it then also tells you the hotspots in the, in the property itself so is the gym busy how busy is the bar how likely am i to get served quickly all of these sorts sorts of things but that's a startup and so i suppose a question on the back of that is is it is it easier for startups to innovate because they're starting with a blank canvas rather than a, a, a well-established business that you know has to kind of almost change direction um, I'll come back to you, James, because I suppose that's that's probably quite a relevant question for a general manager. Sure. I mean, it's an interesting question, Phil. I think when you say easier, I think in, in some respects for a startup, yeah, innovation probably is easier. As a startup, 
you're by definition a smaller organization therefore you should be more agile you, you should be quicker to be able to react to things however you are also less likely to have you know necessarily a solid line of financial backing you uh, may well be at more risk to to failure from innovation so it, it may in theory be easier to innovate as a as a startup yes but does that mean it it could be taken with any less kind of thought or calculation no yeah. um, you know uh, that concept you were just explaining about sounds really interesting it, it raises all sorts of questions yeah to me as an operator it, it's great if you have all that information but what happens if you don't yeah <laughs> if, if you just don't answer the questions yeah yeah well that, i mean that's the thing isn't it and that, and that is i suppose part of the the evolution of the innovation itself is that until somebody innovates and tries something you're yeah. not going to know what elements no. are going to work and what aren't. And, you know, it's just theory, isn't it? Until, until you try to put it into practice. For sure. For sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. Andrew, to you, I'd, in pursuit of, this is a question that I loved writing, by the way, so I have to say it. Um, in pursuit of cheaper, faster and better, do we run the risk of becoming more expensive, slower and worse? I think, well, I think with technology, a printer is a fine example. It doesn't matter how much you spend on a printer. They never work properly, do they? <laughs> um, but, I mean... There's a challenge to a print company out there, by the way. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Send, send them all to South Lodge. Yeah, we'll test go them and, out. Go and you. innovate in the printing space. <laughs> um, but, I mean, everybody wants to be better and have it for less. Uh, for sure but you've got to do it right people an average are are spending more but on less Um, so will it become more expensive possibly but if you look at the price of technology uh, when iPhones are first launching and when tablets first came out obviously they were new and they were first to hit the hit the market now there's a lot more competition with competition that it will become it will become cheaper but it's all about doing it right i would say uh you can't just launch it for instance uh the person obviously getting tracked on a gps and and then checking in are people wanting that as well um or are you are we just spending money on all this app or there's thousands of pounds on an app to track somebody uh, to then online check-in, or are they actually coming to a remote spa resort and actually wanting to switch off? Um, It depends where you're tailoring it from, but I think as long as technology is constantly developing, there'll be more and more startups coming available, and with the increase in competition, technology will will become cheaper, uh, but still better. Yeah, that's just the kind of history tells us that that's always the case, right? As you quite rightly say, when the the big shiny new thing comes, uh, hits the market, is that it's generally quite expensive because the development that it's taken to get it to that point has probably been huge. But actually, as more people adopt it, it becomes the norm. And actually, that thing that 20 years ago looked incredible is now just part of the the day-to-day world. 
and uh, and so on and so forth. And that's kind of in every space as well, right? I mean, even if you look at some of the the software used within hospitality businesses, you know, 20 years ago, incredibly innovative. Now, you, if you're still running that same software, it'll be clunky and horrible and, <laughs> you know, and slow and, and all of these sorts of things because there's always somebody else is bringing out something new that's, I don't know, got an easier use, user interface or, or just runs quicker or has less things than the other thing used to have because we've learned that actually we don't use 50% of what, what was there. There's so many things that I suppose this can take, a, a, take hold of going forward. Definitely so. And I think the crucial point there is it's accessible. Um, I think for a lot more businesses now, um, yes, while cash is is important and maintain a, maintaining a good cash flow, it is accessible and there's more people wanting to get into businesses and, and get these startups off and going. So you can start with free trials, see how something runs and then go from there. Um, so it, there's more opportunities for a lot of businesses um, especially startups and and growing smaller companies to get to get involved and have technology and innovation in, in different forms on the on the radar. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. Okay, well, I, I'm conscious of time a little bit, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up now just by asking one final question to you all. The same question, which is the question that we kind of opened with. Um, really and that was is innovation always a good thing so I'll come to you Maria first this time what are your thoughts on that is innovation always a good thing well I think it is I would think I think it's very important as um, we were, uh, mentioned before to keep up to date to the current situation um, to try to do always um, the things in a better way in order to not just to improve the, the customer experience, but also um, our life as uh, employees, right? So absolutely, I think innov innovation is always a good thing. I mean, sometimes, you know, maybe you try a new thing and it's not going to work, but you just need to keep trying. And, you know, we, we, we all need to learn. So it's just about trying and try to find the, the right thing or the best thing to do the, to do the things, yeah. Yeah, so keep testing. Keep, keep yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and uh, and James, over to you. Is innovation always a good thing in your eyes? Uh, I, I think innovation is is always a good thing as long as you view it as part of the journey, um, and not as the end result. As soon as you start looking at it as the as the end result or or the end picture, then it becomes about success or failure, and that then becomes final. And if you fail and it's final, then you're in trouble. View it as part of the journey, and as Maria was saying, you know, you, some things work, some things don't, but you just move past them and uh, and carry on. Yeah, that's if if you live in fear of the things that don't work, you'd never do anything, right? Exactly. Yeah, and then uh, final words to you, Andrew. Um, is innovation always a good thing in your eyes? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, they, you've got to work with innovation and, and move forward. If you're not moving forward, especially in hospitality, you're, you're moving backwards. Um, things are always new to the market uh, and you've got to keep up with them. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I think we have uh, categorically concluded that innovation is always a good thing, but I think you've underpinned with uh, a little bit of uh, caution towards 
not just doing it for the sake of doing it and just re- kind of reminding yourself that you've got to look after and protect this moment that you're in right now. Thank you so much, guys. Really enjoyed the chat. There's obviously so much more we could get into around this, especially around the world of, of tech, but uh, maybe there'll be a, a second part on this at some point in the future, and maybe we'll get some tech innovators in to, to discuss just that. be interesting to get their thoughts on, on these topics. But in the meantime, thank you so much for all of your input today. Really, really appreciate it, and uh, I will wish you a good day ahead. Thank you for you too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care, guys. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. I'm in. Today's episode of I'm in was brought to you by Cater.com and the Savoy Educational Trust and covered future innovation with Maria Lopez Casado, AIH, Andrew DeSora, MIH, James McComas, FIH, and hosted by Phil Street, FIH. As always, a huge shout out to the IOH's very own Sonia Cresswell, AIH, for artwork and branding, and Leon Williams, FIH, for the music. To say I'm in and feature on a future episode, contact phil.street at instituteofhospitality.org. And to find out more about the Institute of Hospitality or to join our hospitality family, please click the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. And join us next time where we'll be discussing the dreaded R word, redundancy.